ACAST. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Society 13 Podcast Network Redefining Podcasts Society-13.com I like to listen You want to see something really scary? You bet Music Horror Art Politics And overall badass Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio For real we are back again with Kettle Whistle Radio with an old friend, reoccurring customer. You, you're on, all right. Okay. You want the headphones so you can hear yourself? He, he's tired of hearing himself because uh, a little secret, we were recording music with... John Russo, okay? Remember our old friend, Night of the Living Dead, and then some. He just had a huge premiere, and uh, now he's making music again, too, and this is exciting. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about the music yet. Well, yeah, I can, I can talk about it because, uh, well, the first thing, I wrote the script for My Uncle John as a Zombie, and as soon as I got the script done, I wrote a song called Beat Him or Burn Him. I wrote the lyrics anyway. And while we were shooting, Solon Sangaris, he plays one of the hunters trying to hunt me down and kill me. Yeah, he's no stranger to these airwaves. I play, <laughs> yeah, I play Uncle John. And and I said, Solon, I said, here's the lyrics to beat him or burn him. Can you take them and put some music to them and do an arrangement and record it? And he did. So that song is in the movie, but it's also, you can see it, you can hear it right now if you go to my uncle John is a zombie dot com, in and you can. Um, we got sixty five thousand views on the, the the trailer is edited to that song. Too. Excellent. It's like you know, beat him or burn him, shoot him in the head. Beat him or burn him, shoot him in the head. Why <laughs> they're dead? They're all messed up. They're dead. Perfect. They're all messed up, like that, you know. And so people really like the song. People started singing it, and posting <laughs> it on YouTube. So. Anyway, that happened. So now what we're doing today is that, that um, uh, we, after having a preview screening of, of the movie in unfinished form, it's a work in progress, but we screened it for the first time for an audience of about 100 people at the Mad Monster Convention. That was in North Carolina? In, in South Carolina. Oh, South it's Carolina. usually in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, but this time Eben McGar, who runs the show, just a great guy. Uh, he wanted to show the movie whether it was finished or not, <laughs> and and he I guess he couldn't get the same hotel book, so he just went across the line in uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina, not too far from Charlotte, and it was at a convention center there, and boy, it was packed. 
What a great convention. I've been telling people about this film for some time now. The buildup is quite they, – they hear about it every episode of Kettle Whistle Radio. Oh, good. Thanks. Yeah, so I've been waiting to see when we could talk about it. Well, the audience loved it, and one guy came up. He kept – he talked for about a half hour. He said, yeah, you know, every time you were on screen, man, the whole thing picked up. He said, everybody was good, but I loved that Uncle John character. <laughs> and so I play Uncle John. The idea is that uh, – I'm a zombie, and my niece and nephew, played by Gary Vincent and Sci-Fi, and they have kept me alive for 40 years and secretly feeding me. <laughs> and you know what they'd have to feed me. Of course. <laughs> and they then they bring me out into public to advocate for zombie rights. And then uh, this guy running a zombie hunting camp, that's Chuck Corby, who's in my movie The Mob Boss and the Soul Center. And we've had him here, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, Chuck, and Chuck runs the zombie camp, and so... He gets the idea that I get world famous because, you know, I'm a zombie that can walk and talk. And and uh, and Chuck uh, kidnaps me. He has his henchmen kidnap me, and then they're going to – they have to pay big money for the privilege of hunting me down, and the whole film builds to this zany action-packed climax, as they say. And There's that, quite a few people in this film, too. Quite a few. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you had some... There's uh, about over 100 people with all the extras, zombies, zombie hunters, and then we have mm-hmm. W. Rashawn, Sarah yes. French, Solon Sangaris, Gary Vincent. Dave Dave gets shot in the head. Yeah. Though. Yeah, he gets shot in the head. <laughs> he directed me. I've been talking about my death scene. I'm very proud of that. And uh, Do you remember what you said to me? No. Well, it's becoming lore now on this show. Uh, Dave... You're stupid. You're a zombie. You can do this. <laughs> yeah, because it took three takes, and I, I yeah. ruined uh, I ruined two takes, and then uh, and the blood capsule that shot out in the back of my head. They had wasted three of those, I think. That's no big deal. But though. it was fun. I mean, it's a movie, you know. You have to retake, just like yeah, we had to retake now. So anyway, we had a passage that needed a song, and I was clowning around when we did uh, commentary tracks for Anchor Bay a few years ago and I was messing around I was I'm always the one that makes people laugh at conventions or whatever so mm-hmm. that's why I thought I could play this Uncle Uncle John character and you know Heinzman Bill Heinzman who passed away a couple of years ago from cancer but he mm. was telling me what a kick he got out of me doing uh zom 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 zombie doobie zom 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 zombie do I was parodying the old uh Come you go know, with me. Come go with me. And those guys were, you know, the Dell Vikings. They were, they were stationed at a, at a, at an Air Force base here in Pittsburgh, and actually came to perform at my high school when I was uh, a senior. And then we, and then they started dancing that to uh, Jitterbug Mary or some Jitterbug Mary, and they would pretend that there was one of them got a, and they were in their Air Force uniforms. And so one of them's dancing like crazy and, 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 you know, like he's having a fit. And he throw and it's because there's, he has a cootie on him. And he threw the cootie on another Dell Viking, and then that one had the cooties. And he's dancing all spastically like he's been hexed. And then, and so guess what? The, uh, the, uh, the principal stopped the show. <laughs> Stop the show. That was too suggestive. Too many cooties. Too suggestive, the way they were moving with that cootie on them. And so, man, kids came out in the hall and 
busted the the, you know, the fire extinguishers and busted the to set the alarm off and we had to get out of the building. It was all, but we were so disappointed that they, that Dell Vikings couldn't finish their show. Yeah, even back then, huh? the rock and roll just always has a way of uh, provoking things like that. But I, that's what it's all about. And now yeah. you're back into the music thing again. And I got to hear it firsthand. And uh, it's going to go to mixing. We've got Salon putting some music together. And uh, when do you think people are going to hear this? Are they going to hear it with the DVD or a CD? We're or... going to release, uh, you know, we're going to, just like the trailer, we'll probably re- repost the trailer because... If people love that song in the trailer, and we got 65,000 views in the first five days. And so we'll repost that, and then we're going to post clips from the Uncle John movie because they're so funny. We have so many funny bits, like at one point, Uncle John get, goes through a complete physical, and uh, it's decided that even though his blood is coagulated in his veins, that he he still is a, re- he's a real zombie, but he can talk and... Uh, He's very intellectual. Very intellectual. <laughs> so, you know, there's things like that. And so we might put a piece of this Zom Zom Zombie Doobie song in there. And uh, that's what we got done recording today. So, yeah, I, well, I got to hear that and one other one, but we'll talk about that some other time. Maybe we'll premiere it on here at some point. Yeah, sure. Um, so the, the premiere went well. Uh, I heard you, you were telling me there was some drama on the way down, though. Oh, we had we had uh, we it's the weeks weekend started out really bad, and uh, it's in, in line with my my first law of life is that everything happens for maximum inconvenience, <laughs> and mostly what I'm talking about is like and all, I'm sure all of you out there listening know this, if if you have time to do three tasks, if they would happen in a reasonable time frame. You could get them all done and still have time to relax and do whatever you have to do. But no, something will happen with the scheduling that all three have to be done at once to the same deadline, right? And now you're killing yourself and you're up all hours. Well, this trip down there was like that. It was everything happening for maximum inconvenience. Like I drove to Clarksburg to Gary Vincent's house because he got this inexpensive air flight. I drove down there with Ray Soborowski, who is one of the zombie hunters, too, in the, in the film. And then we get to the airport, and we go through security, and then the plane comes in, and it's supposed to take off for Rock Hill, South Carolina, and and they and the plane's grounded because four screws fell out of the engine. Oh my God. Now, when the hell does that happen? <laughs> Never. Four screws fall out of the engine. So they locked us into the security area. So we couldn't wander around and, you know, if we had bombs or something. So then we had to, well, we better start driving because they may never replace these engine screws. And that meant we had to go back to Gary's house, get in his SUV and drive 400 miles. 400 miles. And still oh, make it in time for the screening. Oh, and, 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 and then, so one girl, one young woman was watching this whole airport she was the receptionist, and she was, you know, she goes and gets the luggage cart, wheels it out to the plane, <laughs> climbs up into the luggage compartment of the plane, and and drags our luggage out and puts it on the cart and gets it to us so we can then drive to Rock Hill. Holy that, smokes. That's how that started. Then two of my fraternity brothers, one I see pretty often, the other I hadn't seen for 30 years, He come, he flies in for the screening of the movie. 
and he falls and breaks his hip and en- ends up in the hospital. Oh, man. So, well, you know, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how'd you like the play? That's, <laughs> that's how the weekend was going. But down, everybody loved the movie, and, you know, we signed tons of autographs and and all that. So. Awesome. <clears throat> yeah, well, how how and when are people going to see it and again? When's the next? Uh... Well, we, not, we have to do the last uh, bit of uh, tweaking on the picture and sound, and the sound's being finalized at Skywalker Ranch by a friend of mine, Brian Chumney, who works there on Star Wars and Jarhead and hmm. a lot of their big productions. So we're fortunate that Brian is doing this for us. That has all has to be done, and then we have to strategize as to how we want to release it. We don't necessarily want to sell it to a distributor because, mm. you know, we might want to just keep control of it ourselves because we it seems like it has great potential, and we might be able to put the money in our pocket instead of the distributor's pocket. Mm, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. <laughs> I'm not afraid of the dark, but you should be. There are things that dwell here in the dark. Things best left unseen. With the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Still here? Okay. Let's play a game. <laughs> Fairly soon, probably, have a, a a showing at the Hollywood Theater so the people in the movie can get a chance to see it. Mm. And then a lot of the extras were from Clareton, my old hometown, and they hang out at the American Legion there, so we might have a, a smaller screening there, but the place holds a lot of people. So we Excellent. did that for Mob Boss and Soul Singer, and we packed the place, so... I know they're all dying to see the movie. Yeah, a lot of us are. Yeah. Absolutely can't wait. Um, is there anything you would do differently the next time? Or would you just fall in with everything you did for this film? Well, this was so much fun and there was so much really serendipity was. involved. The only thing, if we could have got started shooting early, mm-hmm. earlier because, you know, a lot of times you get um, uh, Indian summer. I mean, it goes, excuse me, I bumped the mic. That's right. You, you, uh, you you know, we were counting on the weather holding out even in December because it has been. And it did for a while, but mm-hmm. then toward the end, it was pretty darn cold, and we didn't get all the scenes shot we needed to. So 
uh, why zombie can't, zombies can't wear coats. I guess <laughs> <laughs> I could have written something into where they could wear coats. <laughs> they but, break but into instead, a Burlington. <laughs> yeah, right. You know. Well, funny thing, my blood's all coagulated in my arteries, but I'm still, I'm still chilly. Give me a coat. <laughs> well, well, we had some cool yeah. weather um, when I filmed the, the three scenes that one day, the cage scene. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say too much about it, but that what was that? What park was that? It was nice and foggy. It's, there was uh, a nice hillside. Yeah, all that stuff looks great. You know, good. The, the good. fog when you know my Gary, who Vincent, who plays my my dumb nephew, security <laughs> guard. But we're jogging. We we're jogging through the fog, and that's where the crazy preacher, uh, played by Russ Steiner, mm-hmm. who was Johnny in Night of the Living Dead. But yep. Russ plays this crazy preacher that wants to drive a spiked cross through Uncle John's head, <laughs> and he's following us through the fog, fog way, waiting for a chance to get me. <laughs> I guess I won't tell you what happened. No, you know, we don't want to know. But, Not yet. That just sounds yeah. hilarious. Uh, I mean, it was fun just showing up. I appreciate you giving me the uh, opportunity. And, of course, to record this. But I can't wait to hear the end result of the music we just recorded mm-hmm. here. So um, it, you sound great. And uh, you just told me a real funny story about how you got your confidence back. You were you oh, met somebody. That's a long story. That's a long story, but it's kind of funny. Undercover, oh. you met somebody. Well, I... I I used to sing in uh, R&B groups in, in high school and college, and one of them would have probably, we had a manager, and, you know, we were getting publicized. And, and I don't know if you remember Terry Lee. Do you remember him, Dave? Mm. Anyway, he was probably the top disc jockey, one of the top yes, disc I jockeys. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. They talk about him on around. XM every now we and then. We were his favorite band, so he even got us to back him up. His group up on on we did we did a harlem nocturne of all things and then we he did a, a, we backed him up on a, on an original song that he had i don't even have a copy of it i don't know uh. what happened to it but anyway um so music's always a big part of my films and my life mm-hmm. you know i'm like neil diamond he has a thing that says you know i got music running through my head Makes me feel like a young bird flying. That's me. I got music running through my head all the time. So this Sandy Wright and her husband, Bob, I was having drinks with them in Chicago at the Days of the Dead convention. And uh, she said, well, what do you do when you're at your table and nobody's around? I said, I usually sing to myself. Or I said, this time I was trying to remember the words to... Um, to um, Music of the Night, because I was listening to that by a friend of mine, David Grayson, who's really great. And I'm writing the words that I could remember on a scratch pad, but I could hardly remember them. So she stuck the words in front of my face, called them up on her phone, and I was drunk enough that I... (laughs) And there weren't many people in the bar, and I just started singing it. And and, uh, I only did three or four verses, and these three women come running over, and one of them said, My God! you have a beautiful voice. And they sat there and spent the rest of the evening with us until one in the morning. And so the next day I told Gene Clark, who was Big Daddy in Land of the Dead, and we, our tables were side by side, and I told him about it, how much they they thought I did a really great job in that music of the night. <laughs> <laughs> so... So then I went to find their table, and Kathleen was the older one. She wasn't that old. She was maybe 40, and Heidi was really pretty, about 30, I guess. 
and then there was a younger one. I don't remember her name. But Heidi watched her table, and Kathleen wanted to come over and meet Jean and, and look at my display of the stuff I sell at conventions. And I said, no, when, you, when I introduced you to Jean, I already told him that I sang a couple songs last night. Just tell him that I really, really, I sang these couple songs, but I really need some work on my on my singing. And she said, well, I can't say that because you don't need any work. So, and I should know because I'm a vocal coach. <laughs> I thought, oh, man, that really boosted my confidence because I do want to record a couple a couple songs and uh so i i just got a kick out of that yeah undercover vocal coach i love it yeah yeah that's great no better way to find out you know Mm -hmm. but listen i thank you for your time once again hope to have you back we'll talk more uncle john as a zombie as the time comes comes around um where can people find you uh you have uh your own site these days or you just well yeah i have uh john russo entertainment.com My Facebook pages are all filled up, you know, with my 5,000 friend limit. And I have hundreds, if not a couple thousand people trying to be friends. And I wish I could accept them, but they have a stupid limit. Really stupid limit. And then if I get more pages, then I have to try to manage them, you know. Right. I I, I don't have the time, so I I just don't know what to do about that. Just silly. I'm sorry about that. Yes, he is, and uh, he's very gracious when you meet him at shows. He's got all kinds of stuff on his table. Look for him coming around. you have anything coming up? Well, the next one is uh, Cinema Wasteland in Strongsville, Ooh, Ohio. That's and, a favorite. It's a Night of the Living Dead uh, re- reunion this year. It's in, it's in the, it's the first weekend in April, or Excellent. the second weekend. And um, there's a whole bunch of us, about 12 of us, that were involved with Night of the Living Dead that are going to be there, and that's a really excellent convention. Yeah, I love that one. Are you going to have any uh, Uncle John merch to sell? Or I know you have the well, poster. We have the right? posters yeah. and, but, and, the, and some stills, but that's all we have right now. We're going to have a slew of stuff. Okay. Well, you see, folks, you got plenty of time to prepare for that to get him to sign one of those posters for you. Go see him at Cinema Wasteland. You don't want to miss that. And uh, anything else in closing? I guess that's it. That's it. It's all <laughs> thanks she wrote. A lot, thanks a lot, everybody. Oh, absolutely. Thanks, Dave. And thanks for listening, folks. And thank you, John. Nighttime sharpens, hastens each sensation. Darkness stirs and wakes imagination. Silently the senses abandon their defenses. Slowly, surely, night unfurls its splendor. Grasp it, sense it, tremulous and tender. Open up your mind, let your fantasies unwind in this darkness which you know you cannot fight. The darkness of the music of the night. Sounds like I was in the wrong key, but that's... I don't think so. No. (laughs) That's a wrap, folks. (laughs) Until next time.
Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wanna Bet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Electric acid.